This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So that was Thank You for Goodbye by Ben. Um, She's a female ballad singer in Korea. And I came across her while listening to or while watching um, one of the music shows I've been watching um, frequently. And I was like, holy crisps. She has a voice, but like a voice that's like, I feel like it's going to crack, but then it doesn't. And I'm just, I mean, she sings it live too. Like her lung control and her lung strength, I should say, is off the charts like i was so impressed um and the guests we have on today which are warren doug and anita of the podcast soju talk they actually mentioned this song um as she had her first win uh for it last month so uh i was like oh of course okay now i get to use this song as an intro i always try to relate it back to whoever i'm interviewing whether it's because they've interviewed the person before if it's like the themed episode to a certain group so that's why I choose, chose this one. I was on the fence be, because I think Warren had once mentioned, or yeah, I think Warren once mentioned um, a Red Velvet lo-fi remix version of Red Velvet's uh, Power Up, which is their like their summer single from last uh, last summer. Um, he mentioned that, and I was like, ooh, like I went and listened to it. I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds so freaking good. So uh, if you just type in Red Velvet lo-fi power up, it'll come up and you're like, wow, I'm going to find a reason to play that at some point. Um, Anyway, so yeah, so those are our guests today. Um, Soju Talks uh, hosts, Anita Warren and Doug. Um, Thanks and shout out to K Music Every Day, a.k.a. Derek, um, who's always coming through with some great suggestions. and he gave me this one. If you guys don't already know who K Music Every Day is, um, Derek uh, has a SoundCloud page where he makes mixes, weekly mixes, um, themed to just different things. This week, um, it is, or this, I guess last week it was a KCON LA like hype songs, and then KCON LA B sides. Um, so you can go listen to that. Um, obviously, KCON LA is coming up. And uh, it's going to be a busy weekend. It's already kind of started. Yesterday, I went to cover um, an 80s dance challenge in L.A. Grand Park. And the coolest thing about it was that the fans were, like, right there with 80s. Like, 80s was right there. There was no really... I mean, there was security, but, like, the security wasn't blocking the fans from 80s. So, like, you could reach out and, like, touch them. There was no barricade. No security blocking you. So I, I was talking about this with someone else, but I was like, that was a pretty bold move. Not bold, but like it was a telling move of 
of what they're trying to be as a group. Like we are an accessible K-pop group um, that, you know, are your friends. Um, So that's what I did yesterday. And then after that, I went to uh, the CGV Plaza or H-Mart, I should say, in Koreatown, watched uh, Dre, um, stay tuned, and Kenny, stay tuned, and Gaypop um, danced to a cover of Kill This Love by Blackpink, um, and they are dressed like Lisa, like Rosé, like Jisoo, and like Jenny. So um, you guys, if you are listening to this before you head to KCON, um, tonight is K- Club KCON, um, and they'll be reperforming that on the stage there amongst a lot of other people. So KCON is this weekend. It's going to be quite, quite the ride. Uh, this will be my first KCON. Um, I, I worked the choice booth last year, but I'm really excited to be able to actually attend. Um, thanks guys for listening. Once again, um, we have three people now in the discord chat and it was popping. So, uh, yeah, if you want to join, reach out to me at E-M-I-H-A-Y-D-E-L on Instagram or Twitter, or you can just send me suggestions on what you would like to hear on the podcast. So thank you for listening again. Here is the lovely interview with fellow University of Michigan grads, Go Blue, Soju Talk. What's up, you guys? We're back for the 26th episode, technically 27, but that's okay, 26th episode, and uh, I think it's wild that it's taking me this long to have some fellow Wolverines on the podcast with me. Um, I have Doug, Anita, and Warren of Soju Talk, which now hey. has like over mm. thousand downloads, right? I think okay. So if we're talking <laughs> straight downloads, it's like thirty thousand for 30, the audio 000. podcast, and then we got a bunch more YouTube video um, views as well. Okay, okay. So, but you got a lot of downloads, more than mine. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to help me. Okay. No, um, no. So we have Anita, Warren, and Doug on from the Soju Talk podcast. You guys have lasted for a year and you guys like have 20 people in your Discord, um, a part of Soju Nation. But um, mm-hmm. thank you guys for coming on. I'm honored to be talking to you all. Hey, we're mad hyped to be here. Yes. <laughs> is this the first podcast you guys have like been on as a podcast? Yes, yes. <laughs> definitely. Nice. Oh, good, good. Um, you guys also, I was listening to, I don't know which one I was listening to, but uh, it was one from maybe back in May. Uh, someone ranked the top 20 podcasts, K-pop podcasts to listen to, and you guys were on that list, right? Like with Eric right. Nam and <laughs> those kinds of podcasts, right? Yes, Yo, yes. It, it was an absolute shock to us. So I, <laughs> first, first of all, it, it, so we got an email. It went to our spam box immediately. So I was like, it, we, didn't, we didn't see it for like a month after it came, oh. right? So right. we all of a sudden opened the list. I'm like, all right, maybe it'd be cool if they list us at like number like 19. That'd be fun. <laughs> I'm scrolling down the list. I'm like, oh, Eric Nam, that's a real K-pop person, right? Like right. way bigger than us. Number one was like Arirang TV, which is the K-pop yeah. channel in English. And then all of a sudden it's like number seven, Soju Talk. I'm like, nah, what? bro. <laughs> I think I messaged Warren and Anita. Like I'm on that grandpa sleep schedule. So I go to bed at like 10, 10, in the, 10 at night and I wake oh. up at like five in the morning. I think yeah. I sent it to them at like 5.30 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. And so where was this? Like how, how did you guys know you were on it? Like, or did they just find your email? And they're like, hey, you happen to make it on our list. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So they, I, let me look it up real quick. But I, I, what happened was um, they just sent us an email. Let me see who it was. So it was specifically, there's this place called Feedspot and they just like accumulate podcast data is mm. what I think they do. And they just sent us to us like, yeah, you made our top top list of K-pop podcasts. I don't, I don't know. They, they ranked it, not us, but that's wow. it's pretty, pretty outrageous. 
That's so sick. Wow. Well, I mean, you guys deserve it, really. Like I said, um, K Music Every Day. I'm going to shout him out on here. Derek, he put me on to y'all. I've been subscribed to y'all for the last year, but I just haven't, like, gotten around to listening. Like I said, I've been going through different other podcasts, but now y'all's is the podcast I'm going through. going to listen to every single episode. Um, But, um, yeah, he put me on to you guys, and I'm thankful because um, if people haven't listened to Soju Talk, you guys, you know, I, I always try to explain things for other people, but if you want to explain what your podcast does, please go ahead. Or I can do it for you. Um, okay, but okay. yeah, go I ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, so we're from Soju Talk, your weekly shot at K-pop. So we're a weekly K-pop show. We basically cover hot releases. So new releases from your favorite artists, spicy news, all that good stuff. And it's me, myself. We got Warren. Uh, hi. <laughs> and Benita. Hello. And uh, so the three of us are friends. It's basically us just hanging out. It's it's like if you and your friends were driving somewhere just talking about K-pop. That's the kind yeah. of style of podcast mm-hmm. we got. Yeah, we were keeping a kind of low-key chill, you know, like friendly vibe, you know. No, it definitely is. And that's like that's what I felt from it. Like, although I feel like your discussions are productive and you don't stay on one topic too long, but you get your opinions and points across mm-hmm. very well, which is hard to do. Like sometimes you can get caught rambling, but like every time I'm listening, they, they, you don't stay on a subject for too long. But I feel each of your like personalities coming out and it's not planned. Like it's a good discussion. So I applaud you for that. Well, who would you say is who in the group? Like if you had to say Warren is the, I know you like hip hop and, or K rap and K hip hop. Um, (laughs) Eric described me or Anita as like the encyclopedia of K pop. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. And and I feel like Doug, you're like, you're like the host. You kind of act like you move the discussion along. So how would you guys describe yourselves on your podcast? So, so I'm, I'm the one who like, look, I'm the main researcher, right? So I am the one who gets all this, the stuff together. The, I get all the music videos all together. I get all the news together. I'm like the, the guy who's driving the ship. Right. And then Warren over here is definitely the hype man, right? So he's <laughs> the hot takes, the crate. The, he's, he's also our editor. So shout out to Warren for yes. editing our videos. But um, so he's the hype man. And Anita's like, she's the, our calming presence, right? Because <laughs> it's just going to be a hot mess the entire time. We're just going to start go, rambling about the most random stuff in the world. So Warren's our encyclopedia. I mean, so Anita's our encyclopedia and definitely the, common pre- the calming presence of the mm-hmm. I definitely feel that. Anita, do you feel the same? You're like that. Oh, I'm honored to be labeled as such. Thank you, guys. <laughs> How <laughs> long have you each been K-pop fans? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll go last. Don't just say that. I'll go last. <laughs> All right. So for me, I first got into K-pop. I would say junior year of high school. So that's 2008. the The first song I ever listened to was by Sonia Shide, Girls Generation G, which is probably one of their most yes. famous songs. And um. I, I, so I'm a, I'm a Korean American, but in my household, I wasn't taught Korean. So I wasn't really exposed to Korean culture very much because okay. I, I live in a very um, white area. So I, I grew up, I was like, yeah, I'm just the, the token Asian guy, right? Like that. <laughs> but K-pop was really my introduction into my heritage and all of Korean culture by far. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, Anita? Uh, so for me, it was kind of similar to that. I got into it in high school. Um, I think it was freshman year, freshman year of high school. Um, and I had no exposure to any Korean culture or anything of the like before then. It was kind of uh, spur of the moment introduced to me by a friend. And uh, yeah, I kind of just, because I live in a very uh, non-Asian community, um, I didn't really have that exposure. So I just listened to the music for all of high school. And it wasn't until college 
that I got more into the cultural stuff. Yeah. You're Latina, right? Yes. How um, did you have any friends like outside of your friend that you were listening with um, in high school? Like, did you have any other friends that were Latina or Latino as well that were listening to K-pop? No. <laughs> so I'm lucky enough to have sisters. So my sisters were also into it. So we had each other to discuss and talk about things uh, while I was growing up. But no, not, as far as farther than family, no, I did not know many people that were into K-pop. And it kind of made sense because it wasn't that huge at the time. It was back in 2011. Mm-hmm. So it was just getting started overseas. Um, but it wasn't that big yet. Uh, so it wasn't until college that it became like more prevalent in my friendships. Ah, I see. Okay, we'll get into that. And then lastly, Warren, how long have you been into it? Yeah, that's a it's an awkward question for me. <laughs> okay. Because I moved from America back to Korea around right. 2008. And when you go to school in Korea, you naturally get exposed to K-pop. And I'm, you know, I go to school, people are talking about Big Bang, people are talking about right. Girls' Generation. Mm. So around that time, I th- like to think that I was a pretty mediocrely big Big Bang Flash Girls Generation fan. I have some of their CDs, so I'm going to count myself as that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I started going into middle school, and I like to call these the dark ages, where like <laughs> I, start, I stopped listening to K-pop completely. Why is that? Because I... I got into this like angsty teenage mode. <laughs> Started listening to Korean rap only. Okay. And I was like, I got into this bad. I think it's a bad thing, but I I got into this state of mind where, oh, you know, K-pop isn't actual music. And then I was I was stuck in that mindset for about four years in high school. I came back to America. Then I came to college. Uh huh. Then I, you know, I started hanging out with these people named Doug and Lisa. <laughs> right. <laughs> and. I'm starting to see videos like twice and I'm thinking, this isn't bad. <laughs> this is music. <laughs> I actually enjoy this. I was wrong the whole time. So in that aspect, maybe only four years, but in a long picture, maybe 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 11. Yeah, I can Im- So I've heard that in Korea that K-pop is not the n- like normal music that people listen to. It's kind of like mm-hmm. how people listen to Disney music here. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, like, it's there, but it's not, like, your top 40 regular listening kind of music. It's more like ballads there. Is that true? Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I, I would say so. Like a mix. Yeah. It's, it's a mix. Yeah. Like, K-pop's pretty prevalent, but I would say, at least in, in outside of Korea, we often don't give enough attention to how popular, like, the, the rap scene is and the ballad scene is. Because mm-hmm. if you look at, like, the composite charts in Korea, it's completely dominated by ost ballads yeah. unless the major idol like bts or like a twice coming back it's generally dominated by ballads yeah it's like if i look at sorry oh if i oh, look at my high school friends who are primarily international korean kids mm. they primarily listen listen to indie rock ballads mm. um drama osts and they, they're aware of twice songs they're aware of red velvet black pink but mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big fan of this new group called Rocket Punch. And if I start mentioning uh, yeah. them. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I don't. I've been ventilating every time you mention them. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I was like, dang, he is a wow. Oh my God. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the moment I mentioned Rocket Punch to my friends, they're going to be like, who? Who? Jury, who? Like, they don't. Yeah, so that's the kind of level, I think. 
I've been watching the music shows a lot, um, like staying up till 2, 3 a.m. to watch them um, every night. And I feel like, I mean, I guess music shows are supposed to be the gate, not gateway, but like, let's say when a group wins a music show, that's like an indication to the, uh, you know, variety shows that, oh, this group is popular enough to come on and like be in front of Mm. the mainstream audience. So like, but I mean, there are sometimes like, uh, ballad singers on there by the way you guys mentioned thank you for the goodbye by ben and that is oh my god i've never heard a better ballad in my life the way she sings that i love that you guys appreciate it um but there's normally not not i mean it's like more so k-pop groups compared to uh i guess ballad singers um so it's just interesting how those music shows take up majority k-pop but the charts are saying differently as in terms of like rap and, and ballad. Um, but let me get back to how you guys came about. Um, like you guys, like Warren, you said you guys met in college or while you were at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, how exactly did you meet? All right. So I, I was in a Korean drumming club, I think for two or three. So there's a Korean drumming club at Michigan, first of all, right? Drama so, or drumming? Drumming. 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 Like traditional oh. drumming. It, oh, 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 oh. So I was in it for, I think, I would say two years before Warren and Anita joined. So I was, I was a pretty, like, I don't know if you want to say like a high member, but I was like a pretty veteran member of this group at the time. Mm-hmm. And then Warren and Anita joined as like our freshman class that year. Mm-hmm. And then K-pop was the real link that got me and Anita close together because like, as you know, Anita's a little bit quiet and K-pop <laughs> really got her out of her shell. And that, that's what got us to be friends. And then over time, I guess we converted Warren to the, so, the quote unquote dark side. And <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's how Warren got deep into K-pop as well. And we would just spend time in my apartment watching music videos, just top, talking about variety shows, all that stuff. And then um, so after two years, I graduated from grad school. I moved back east. So I was working in New York, living in uh, Brooklyn at the time. Mm-hmm. And then over the next year, we just kind of fell out of contact a little as, as what happens when you move away from each other. Right. Right. They were still in Ann Arbor and I was just sitting at my desk. I was listening to lots of podcasts, uh, (laughs) going through the menial time, just sitting at a desk eight hours a day. And then I I just said like, you know, why don't we just start a podcast? Cause it just (laughs) like I was hanging out in my apartment all those years ago and that's how it happened. Nice. Okay. So in doing all of this, um, I want to get into what the K-pop community is like at Michigan. And Mm -hmm. um, Doug, since you were in grad school, I want to know if there was really a K-pop community in grad school. I feel like grad school is kind of just like you go to class, you get your work done and you go about your business sort of thing. Um, But what is the K-pop community like at Michigan? So it really breaks down to like, three groups so so and and there's kind of like clubs representing each of the 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 groups that i'm going to talk about so the first one it's like so at michigan there's a large community of korean international students and their their associated club is kisa so that's um korean international student association okay and the the as far as as well my experience is the the korean international kids have a very tight-knit community where they all know each other because you know it's it's good for them to have a support network because they're all from korea english is not their first language for the majority of them okay and to to people not in the community it's often perceived there as being very inclusive really yes i mean not inclusive exclusive Exclu- i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. I was, wow by that wrong word exclusive where it's like if, if you're not actually like friends with any of the members it's like really hard to break into that group and i think warren could comment that a little bit because really although he he's uh his parents live in um america he he is the most as quote-unquote korean out of us because he he speaks the language the best and he's friends with a lot of people in that community so i think he could speak more to that i mean 
yeah, they tend. They, there's a couple of tendencies that, that I, I noticed, and one of them is that they kind of like hang out within their comfort zone. I want to uh-huh. say, and uh, I'm I'm only saying this because a couple of them have actually literally confirmed that, and oh. That I mean, I kind of understand because at the end of the day, after university, they're gonna go back to Korea. Mm. So that doesn't seem like a thing. That's anything not um, understandable. Um, yeah, Doug, what are you? <laughs> what oh, no, you... Okay, okay. So, I, so in terms of K-pop, <laughs> right? For for Korean, oh, right? For, for Korean people, in terms of like K-pop and their identity, K-pop is more just like, oh yeah, it's the music of our country, right? So it's yeah. not really like a a, a huge thing. Like, I wouldn't call it a humongous part of their lives. And it's often one of those things that's like, you go to work, you put this affront on because we know Korea is all about perception, right? Yeah. So they, they, they perceive like, oh, yeah, K-pop, I listen to it once in a while when I'm walking down the street. And maybe some of them are friends, I mean, of their bigger fans when they go home or when they're not by like in the general public. But I would say um, Korean internationals generally are not as outward about their appreciation of K-pop as okay. I would like a Korean American or someone who's not of Korean heritage. Okay. 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 So that's group number one. That's group number one. And then group number two is probably the the Korean American kids. So these are the kids who are probably part of KSA. So Korean Student Association. Now, the interesting thing is because I was raised in a, um, I would say a very non-traditional Korean American upbringing. So I was not really exposed to Korean culture at all. I don't even really fit in with that group as well. So it's, it's kind of interesting personally. Mm-hmm. Korean Americans, I would say they're more, a little bit more outward about their appreciation of uh, K-pop in, as a whole because for them, they're more just like, for me, they're just like average kids. It's like, yeah, I like this music. BTS is cool, right? But they'll be like, oh, Taylor Swift's also cool, right? I'm yeah. all into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would say at Michigan, there are a couple like um, dance groups which do perform like K-pop cover dances. Yeah, that's what I saw. I was trying to look yeah. it up on like M Community or whatever and I was trying to see if like, there were K-pop clubs and it seemed like it was just like uh, dance crews. Yeah, yeah and a, a couple of them are directly associated with KSA at Michigan but I would say the majority of those members are either Korean Americans or uh, people who are not of Korean descent who are in those groups. Okay. Okay. And so then so Korean students or Korean Americans is like the second group. The third is that like non. Yeah, non Korean does that. And I would say it's 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 a lot harder for them to like find other people who like K-pop because, in my opinion, if you're a non Korean person, you don't have like a direct link with someone else who likes K-pop. For mm-hmm. instance, like because I'm someone of Korean descent, if there's another person of Korean descent, I could be like, I'm Korean, you're Korean. Do you like K-pop? And it's yeah. not like a not like a weird question to ask, right? Because yeah. We have something in common. So it's, it, ha- it requires the non-Korean people to be a lot more brave about their interest, I would say, because you are taking a risk. Because I would say still in the United States, uh, K-pop is a little, a little bit taboo, kind of like anime was maybe 10 years ago. So it's one of those situations that, especially at Michigan, you really need to make an effort to find other people who like K-pop if you're not of Korean descent. Ah, uh, Okay. Well, I, I've met a couple. Pe- I've met a couple people who aren't of any, you know, Korean descent, and they came to me and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know." I mean, they they didn't come to me and say, "I like K-pop." But it it, it got up, it brought up into conversation, and then mm-hmm. I found out, "Wow, you're my classmate for this random class." Turns out you're a BTS fan. Wow, that's mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of those kids, people, classmate people out there. It's just 
kind of difficult for them to unite and you know get together in one kind of you know club or like yeah yeah that, that's why um our drumming club was really i would say different than a lot of the clubs because when i joined the club initially it was i would say majority korean international students mm-hmm. okay. and then over time as i was in it the four years it became more diverse and around year three was when anita and warren joined and by that time we had a good amount of non-koreans and like korean americans in the club was the common denominator of the people that were in there like i mean if you were a korean american you know or korean like internationally korean mm-hmm. uh, or i guess korean born i should say uh like that was like oh you want to come and drum but like for you anita was it like oh mm-hmm. like this might be an opportunity for me to meet some people that you know might i can discuss k-pop with or you know the dr- dramas or that kind of thing well i think for me my case was a little interesting because like i mentioned before i never I guess I, I, because I had siblings and that were also into K-pop at the time, it wasn't, I wasn't really looking for friendships to talk about it because I had some sort of outlet. But um, I ended up joining because one of the representatives of the club mentioned that there was going to be like dancing and I was, I was into that. Uh-huh. And so they kind of won me over through that. But I was also learning Korean in university. So mm it kind of coincided with wanting to learn more about the culture aside from just K-pop or the musical aspect. Uh, So that's mostly why I joined. Of course, my friendships developed because we did have this share in the genre. Is it easy? So I've taken a couple of language classes at Michigan and I've heard, and just from my experience, I'm like, oh, these are harder classes than what I took in college. I mean, uh, (laughs) high school, (laughs) like way harder. Uh, and so I like I tried to take Turkish and I quickly dropped out of that class. Um, but so, Korean, so the so so all the Korean classes are through something called the Korean language program at Michigan. Yeah. And I think Michigan, we we boast that we have like I think the top three largest Korean language programs in the country out of university. Wait. Yeah, it is pretty pretty yeah. wild. I but, have um, no idea. Wow. Yeah. So the the interesting thing there is that the 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 Korean language program is probably the only way for non-koreans to meet other people with a korean interest so they then have a shared interest like i said before mm-hmm. so that that's like one of the places where for instance our drumming club used to recruit members out of because it's like you like korean culture drumming's korean culture y'all mm-hmm. it's like a, it's a good, like a good mix there and because i i came to michigan knowing zero korean other than like some some food dish names essentially <laughs> so I, I, yeah so i took the, i took the language program four semesters and I obviously I had a bit of an advantage because I knew some of the words and I, I had a basic understanding of the alphabet. But at Michigan, the Korean language program, at least year one, is considered to be pretty easy, and then year two is when it like gets a little bit harder. Um, and you guys mentioned you're like it's not it's not really easy. You have to kind of search out this community. Like mm-hmm. obviously living in LA, um, there's Koreatown when and there yeah. are concerts, so like you have an opportunity to kind of like meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like at Michigan, it's like 40,000 people spread out on this campus. Like, and I mean, the real only like ways to get to know each other is if you want to do like a dance crew. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder, like, uh, did you guys ever go to Skeeps or Ricks? And for the people that don't know, Skeeps and Ricks are like the two popular <laughs> bars <laughs> at Michigan. Did you guys ever go there? Yeah, I, I definitely did. Okay. I did not. <laughs> did not. Okay. All I'm, right. I'm good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's kind of unfortunate, but Skeeps and Ricks took up a lot of my time. Um, but uh, <laughs> you, 
<laughs> you're not missing out on anything. Um, but have they ever played K-pop in Skeeps and Rex? Like as of late, as it like, kind of blew up in the last year, have okay, they ever so, played BTS? Like anything? Yeah, so the interesting thing is, like, whenever let's say KSA has like uh, they have an annual show every year. If there's any type of like Asian cultural show or something like that, they generally have after parties at like Necto, which is one of the nightclubs yeah. in Ann Arbor. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then they. <laughs> They don't play like exclusively K-pop. They'll play a lot of like regular stuff, but once in a while they'll throw like a K-pop song in there. Oh. But that's like a that's like a very like Korean slash Asian themed party to go to. Do you know what I mean? It's not just gonna like happen. You're not just gonna show up to the skeeps and they're gonna play BTS or something. (laughs) What do they do now? I don't know. But Yeah, I was wondering like if they've started doing that. I don't know. Maybe I feel like at that point people are too like drunk to even realize. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um but I want to. If I go back, I'm gonna request it. I'm definitely gonna try to see if I can awesome. play it. Um, okay, so with the podcast, um, you guys have you know you just passed up a year. Um, mm-hmm. Again, congratulations! You guys have over a hundred people in your Discord chat. Um, yes. A part of Soju Nation. But by the way, when did you when did you come up with that? I guess fandom name or listener name. Yeah. Soju okay. Nation? So what oh. we what we call a Soju Talk Nation. That's like our Soju official title. And then. Um, I think it more or less started because one day, um, one of our listeners, shout out to Walid, he sent us an email. He's like, y'all have a Discord? Like, maybe it'd be good for you guys to create, like, a community where we could all, like, just talk about K-pop. Oh, mm. so, so I made one, like, literally maybe an hour after. Yep. And people, like, way more people than we ever expected came into it. And it's just a place where we, like, hang out, post funny pictures, memes about K-pop, or just we drop, all, we, like, uh, drop a link to all the new releases. And we just have, like, general chat rooms where we just talk about K-pop. We got like a, a, boo, a, a I would call it a boombox in there. It's playing K-pop 24-7 in there. So if you want to just listen. And Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Wait, a boom? What? So equivalent of like, if you made a, a, like a, a, a Skype client and you just made an account that just plays K-pop 24-7, that's essentially what's in there right now. It, it, right now it's playing K-pop in there, but the playlist we put up. So you, okay, so you go in and is there like a special like pinned message and you just click there's that like one of the voice rooms where you could just sit there and there's a boombox oh, just playing k-pop voice channel what yeah. wow wow <laughs> you guys have really created a community like oh like you can come and listen to k-pop and then have a message just like a little vibe that's so cute wow yeah and that was really the first time we ever realized like how widespread interest in our podcast was right yeah we host on a site called Lipson, and they give us like general um statistics about how we're doing but we knew that like they do have a map on there and we see oh we're downloading in like the philippines or like australia but the the real like way we knew how big we were was like when people are messaging and talking to each other when we're like we're asleep and they're like in southeast asia or australia and they're just having conversations about k-pop and we wake up and there's like there's been 120 messages about people talking about something Oh, I love that. It, it makes you feel like it's more than just, you know, listening. Like you said, right, you're making yeah. it, um, into a community. And like you said, like a lot of people listen to it because I think you guys do a really good job of you cover literally everything. And like I said, you put but you put your you put your opinions in there. Um, so it's not like boring just reading off the news. Um, you analyze things. I want to know what is your process for, you know, going through the news each week and be like, all right, this is what we want to put in there. And then also um, staying up to date, like, like you guys know all of the groups that are coming back. And like, for me, like I stay up, I mean, I guess they post the the performances on YouTube as well, but Mm -hmm. how are you guys staying up to date with all the comebacks, all the news, all of like the, 
opinions on the news and then like forming your own like that takes a lot of work mm. okay so as i said i'm on the grandpa sleep schedule so from about like <laughs> 5 a.m to like 7 a.m that's what i do pretty much every morning when i wake up so i i i look at so I can read Korean, but not tremendously. So I generally look at all the K-pop websites that are in English and I, I search through all of their news articles by newest, like the, the newest articles. And I sift through it and find ones that I think are big and relevant because I see, I see our, our I, as you said, I see our podcast as something like, if you don't have as much time as I do to do this, like we'll give you the breakdown as like the stuff you should know that happened if, you're, if, you, if you care about that. And then in terms of the, the new releases, there are some calendars online that I look at, but and then we we do make a decision because we can't be covering every single song that comes out, but we yeah. try to cover the songs that we think that the that will have the largest mass appeal overall. So, what calendars are you looking at? I just like simple Google searches, like August K-pop comebacks 2019. Oh, got I look it. at like the first four results and I just cross-reference it. Got it. Okay. And you guys have also spoken about, I mean, Produce 101 shows, Produce X 101, Produce 48. Um, those are shows that, I mean, it's like regular, like you're watching a show, but in addition to that, you guys have knowledge on, you know, those as well. So how do you, so I'm assuming, okay, first of all, I actually want to ask, what is, who is each of your like ultimate groups? <laughs> oh, yeah. Then, this is gonna be a question. It's like, yeah, but you guys tell me who your each uh each of your ultimate groups are. All right, Warren goes first because it's uh it's a it's a group called Rocket Punch. We did you go. I'm not embarrassed to say Jesus. that already. <laughs> okay, okay, Rocket Punch, got it. All right, Doug. So okay, so I have two favorite groups. The first one is Twice. Uh, they were my favorite group for I would say the longest time. The one that's more, I would say, absolutely my favorite right now is Eyes One, which came out of as you, like a Produce 48 mm. show. Mm. So that, that's that been my number one group for probably the last year. Okay. And then Anita. Uh, okay. So this is this is a really hard question because I, I like a lot of groups. There's a lot of talented people in the K-pop world. But I would say the majority of Shiny's discography, I really liked. I kind of grew up with them in high school. So I would say Shiny. Okay, got it. So it's interesting. Okay, so Shiny, I mean, most of them are in their military. I want to know, actually, yes. what is your opinion on this new Super M group and Taemin not taking it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, as I mentioned in the show, it's really interesting because um, SM has put out like project groups before, and actually Taemin was a part of one called Unique Unit. Um, so I don't know. It was, it's a really interesting concept. I'm still a little hesitant to see what's going to happen with them, but it's definitely definitely the top people out of all the boy groups currently active under SM, so it should be really good. Yeah. I, I have some, like, hotter takes about the Super <laughs> That's <laughs> Here we go, hot take time. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, to me, it feels that SM is trying to force their way into the U.S. market yeah. a little bit because SM has a history of probably being – I think by far, if not the first or the second rank group, I mean, second rank company for the last 10 years in mm -hmm. Korea. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at this generation and they're looking at BTS, which is from Big Hit Entertainment. They're a, I would say for a company that only has two groups and debuted only one of them about eight, like six months ago, they're a fairly new company, right? And they're seeing that BTS is having this overwhelming success outside of Korea. And SM is like, we're SM, why don't we have that kind of success? And I feel like this is a late play by them to just like, 
force their way into the market. And I'm kind of concerned because um, BTS's rise is sort of like an organic rise, right? Like people recognize right. the talent. They like the music and it, they've grown to like BTS because four years ago, BTS was giving out like tickets for free to their concert in LA. Can I just and- say, can I just say something that was, and I, people are going to maybe drag me for this, but I have friends that were at that concert. People hey. were camped out the night before. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. So that was, that was a media play. I'm going to be really? honest. That was, that was for the show. They were like, oh, like, it wasn't like, oh, no one's coming. Like, people, I have friends that were camped out the night before to go see that show and didn't get in because it was packed. See, and- that's good to know. Because, like, but, okay. But uh, going back to them, go it's ahead, like. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, now, now, with their overwhelming success in, in, yes. in America, it seems like SM is just like, all right, what are we going to do? It, we can't build a group organically right now because that's going to take way too much time. It's, it'll probably take them three years maybe at a minimum. So they're like, if we just throw all of our best, best, group, uh, best guys together in one group, I mean, they're, the, the uh, tagline for the group, they said themselves as the Avengers of K-pop. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> I, mean, I found that a little cringy. I don't know. I still think that it's going to do well, but I'm just a little concerned at how hard they're trying to force this to happen. I mean, I kind of want to use the same analogy I used for our episode yesterday. They're calling it the Avengers of <laughs> K-pop, but you know, oh, I'm, no. <laughs> I mean, like, I, oh. no hard feelings to the DC fans out there, but it's, it's <laughs> kind of feeling like a Justice League of K-pop. Oh my god, a Justice League of K-pop. <laughs> they're forcing it down our throats a little bit, you know, like, it's got to come together naturally, you know, formulate together, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that was the one thing I was just like, so Avengers is like, you have to save somebody. Who are you saving? And then also... Uh, the way the the party or I guess the announcement went, the fact that NCT One Two Seven was there and Hyejin's mm-hmm. in the middle of promoting for uh, NCT Dream, and so he leaves Korea, uh, does this. Jungwoo's not even there, and then flies back. They're here for like a day, then they fly back, and Hyejin's right back on Music Core. I think it was. Right. Yeah, like yeah. the same night i was like what is what and then you're not gonna have the actual group i guess it's like nct 127 yeah you can have them there as like a representative um you know you've been to the u.s you're familiar with it but at the same time like wouldn't you want the actual group itself there yeah but they it not yeah it just opens so many like questions for all the groups that these kids are coming from because yes. it, it it just it's opening up a can of worms because one of the common things we always said last year was like Mark from NCT is completely overworked, right? He, I think he was a part of like 11A release, A-side releases, something like that number. Wow. And they're throwing him into another thing. And it's like, man, the, there's a big push right now for like idols and mental health and stress and load management. And they're kind of going against the grain by making a, a super group right now, I would say. Mm, yeah yeah and so okay so you guys mentioned all of your favorite uh your ultimate groups doug and warren you both said i guess groups that had uh produced 48 members in it and mm-hmm. twice had their show uh 16 um and those take time to watch too so like how are you balancing your time of like you know keeping up with researching for the show and formulating your opinions but also still just like intaking the content that you want to see and enjoy watching I mean, or is it just kind of like you juggle it and do it? <laughs> for, okay, so back when Produce 48 was there, that was last summer, right? right. It was, oh, right. So you guys hadn't right. started it yet. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We started yeah. podcasts like midway right through. Yeah. Midway through. Yep. Oh, right, midway right. through. Okay. And I, I mean, I, I, I started watching on my own because I knew that 
these two of my friends were super invested into the produce series and i was like you know might might as well you know seems interesting and i hopped in and for in the beginning it was like just like i watch it every week because it's it airs on friday i have nothing else to do on saturday morning might you know oh. might as well right right and the show was like two hours long i'm not gonna watch the whole thing i kind of like download it and watch it in like double speed <laughs> or like triple oh, speed throughout and then you know right right the shows are too long and they drag on with like yeah. announcing people and such so and then i would do that then you know i i start hopping on to you know online communities you know wiki pages at in, in the i mean in the beginning it, it starts as like a way to kill time you know when you're sitting on the toilet or while you're commuting or whatever but <laughs> as, as as time passes by you, you know i'm I'm, you know, I'm spending a lot of lot more time than I should, um, you know, and <laughs> talking with people online about, you know, which trainees should, you know, make it to the next round, you know, with this concept evaluation. Right. Do you so, guys have a problem with the fact that Mnet doesn't allow you to vote internationally? I do. Oh, yes. I do. <laughs> season one, we could vote, and I was heavily involved in that too. Okay. So, season one was open to international. You just had to make right. an account. Right. Like and starting with season two, they, they stopped that. So it like they say it's like, all right, so this is the public's group, but it's actually just the Korean public's. Yeah. Group, essentially. Right. Right. Okay. And you saw Eyes One. Is it Eyes One or I Do One? Eyes One. Eyes One. Okay. Um, you saw them at KCON, right, uh, yes. Doug? Okay. Hype. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm hi- they're going to be here. I think, K- yeah, KCON's this weekend. So I think they'll be mm-hmm. here again for that um but okay so now i want to ask you guys you know you've been around a year Mm -hmm. um you have a lot of people in your discord you guys are like ranked in the top or top 10 of like the best k-pop podcasts um what are your goals in the future like for something that started out as a hobby do you ever see anything like that actually could come to fruition of this in a way that's monetary or like career building like what are your goals i mean I like to set expectations low in life in general. <laughs> just be like happy with results. <laughs> At least for me right now, it's like, so we finished, I think yesterday um, on Monday recording episode 47. We're going to reach episode 50 in the first week of September, which is like a big milestone for us. Right. We're, we're changing some things around. Obviously, the, it's one of those things. Um, if you build it, they will come. So over time, we're hoping more people view our podcast, of course. But it's like, I don't want to get away from, uh, I never want to get away from the fact that it's just me and my friends talking about K-pop. Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, that's most important to me, regardless if people are listening to or not. It's the, the things we strive to do with this podcast is, uh, number one, talk about something we enjoy, right? Yeah. If we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't do it. And number two, it's being honest with our opinions of things in K-pop, because I feel a lot of times you find that, um, sometimes people who do produce um, content about K-pop, it's only about the positive aspects, right? Because it's a lot more difficult because there is this growing notion that K-pop fans, if you say something bad about their favorite group, you'll you'll get completely trashed, right? Sure, yeah. But we've made the decision that we're going to be honest with what we think about every group. So that's something that we we hope to keep going forward. And I think the thing we're looking at probably the most going forward is like how, how do we how do we build up our community more because that's one of our favorite aspects of doing, doing the podcast and like advertising an audio specific podcast it, it's kind of hard because it's it's not like we have all the money in the world to like pay for ads or anything right so we have to be creative in the way we 
we like <laughs> promote ourselves out there. And one of the things we're definitely going to focus on going forward is probably doing more things on YouTube because YouTube is like, it's humongous, right? There, there's so many eyes on YouTube and it's like presenting our podcast in different ways because as you probably know, the, the YouTube algorithm is not friendly towards hour long videos, right? Like, no, no, that's no. not what YouTube's meant for. So we're, we're just going to try to experiment with things going forward, like breaking it up into certain segments, other things like that. But we're always just going to stay true to our, our, like, our goals going forward. And speaking of YouTube algorithms, you know, YouTube is like if you if you post a video, you create create a channel, post a video, they first have you up like really high on the algorithm, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then if you don't follow up and like post it like the next week at the same time, then it knocks you down. And yeah. podcasts, I'm not sure if it's the same, but on podcasts, you have to be consistent. Um, and I know just from personal experience, like podcasts, like doing it every week. It's like, sometimes you're like, I don't really feel like doing this right yeah. now. Um, how, what is, what's your advice to people that, you know, maybe want to start a YouTube channel or a podcast of their own? Um, and what's the trick to staying consistent, I guess, consistent with like quality as well, which is what you guys do um, when you don't feel like doing it. I would say do it with your buddies. <laughs> okay. That does two things. First of all, it keeps things entertaining for you because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm hanging out with my friends. So it's, I still have personal stakes in my own interest in this. And the other thing is, even when I'm feeling like I don't want to do the podcast, I can't pull out because I, I have these <laughs> people. <laughs> and I, I already, on you. Right, right. I already told them I, I'll be there for the recording. So I kind of have to be there. So <laughs> I feel like doing that, there's like a dual consistency safety system. And it's, it's kind of safe, you know, it's kind of great. Yeah, I, I think... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Anita. Go. Anita. Go. Anita <laughs> wants to talk. We gonna let her talk. Yes. <laughs> so, I was just gonna add on to that that the fact that we are friends and yes, we have like a similar taste in music, but we we all have like different opinions on what we like personally. So I think it keeps it interesting as well because um, each week we have like different opinions about the new groups coming out. Like we might not all agree on. A certain group but we learn like why and that 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 makes it more interesting for us i think as well yeah i would say like um we did experience a little bit of fatigue in in the spring we did take yeah. uh, about a month off because anita and warren were taking vacations right after they graduated well-deserved break of course but um i would say the 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 main tips i would say is number one cover things that you like right because mm-hmm. although we're a show that covers almost everything at the same time, I like to consume almost everything in K-pop, right? So I I, that, that's fine with, for someone like me. But if, if you like only girl groups, just, just do your podcast or YouTube videos just on girl groups because that's what you like. And yeah. I, I think it would be a real shame if you produce content on subjects you didn't like because you might be trying to, to give an outward expression that you're excited for these things. But I think at the end of the day, you should be honest to yourself and honest to your viewers at home to cover things that you like. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if you're not having fun doing it, why are you doing it? Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. your life, man. Exactly. Yeah, and it shows through when, when you don't, when you're not super genuine um, mm-hmm. about it. Um, all right, so, oh, I, I meant to ask this early on, but you call it Soju Talk, and it's like your weekly shot of K-pop. Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, when I first downloaded this a year ago, I was like, oh, Soju Talk, like they're drunk and they're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I gotta listen to this. And then I realized it's just like, oh, it's your weekly. I just didn't read the little fine print at the bottom. <laughs> so have you guys ever, like, I, uh, like, have you ever, oh, wait, actually, no. Have you guys ever recorded together? In person? In All right. Person. So 
We tried. Oh, tried. <laughs> we, we messed up the mic configuration, and it, it, we had to throw that one out. That was oh, like a, no. that was our one mulligan week we ever we ever had doing this. Yeah. Oh dang. Okay. So did you while you were doing it? Were you drinking soju? No. no. <laughs> we, were in that, we were in like an MLB, which is the Modern Languages oh, Building. Oh yeah, the MLB. We the school. <laughs> yeah, we were at the school property. I think when we did it, because I came and visited them in Ann Arbor. When oh, we tried it. I see. I see. I see. Okay, never mind. You guys should. You should maybe do an episode where you're actually like. Yeah. Oh boy. The, the, the ironic. <laughs> the ironic thing is that Anita. Anita does not drink. Like rare, she rarely does. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was more of a drinker in college, but I'm not really about that life. Super. Like I'll drink a beer or so, but I'm not super into that life anymore and i i don't know about warren but like it's quite ironic our name at this point (laughs) yeah that's exactly what i was expecting i was like oh and then i was like oh it's nice though it's still nice okay last question um don't want to keep you guys too long um if you could spend one-on-one time with your ultimate bias who would it be and how would you spend your time with them (laughs) i think warren should go first because we all know who his ultimate bias is yeah okay Okay, I mean, okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, um, okay. My, <laughs> here's the thing, right? My ultimate bias, I'm not, is, is Takashi Jury of mm-hmm. Rocket Punch. And I can say that with confidence because. Dude, this, wait, okay. How, this group started like three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But somewhere I, in Produce 48, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've been invested in this girl throughout <laughs> the end of her AKB career. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I've been a fan ever since Produce, and I've like stayed on that fandom. Like I've been, I talk with like people, you know. In okay. Korea. Or, you know, stuff yeah, like so she was one of the trainees on um, Produce 48, which was right. the third season of the Produce series in Korea. And right. so that was the year they collaborated with the, the Japanese mega girl group, AKB, yeah. and she was the, one of the members there. So while after, she did not make the final lineup to get into Eyes One, but she went back to Japan, did AKB for a little bit, and then left AKB. So it was like a, a dark period for her and her family. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. All right. And there's some members in Eyes One right now that are that were in AKB48, right? Yep, there's right. three of them. Okay, is it? Oh God, I'm blanking on their names. I know. So I know there's Sakura, Sakura, Hitomi, and Nako are the three. Who right. Okay. 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 So you. So tell me her name again. Your ultimate bias. Takahashi Juri. <laughs> Takahashi Hashi Juri. Right. Okay. All right. So okay, why is she your bias, and how would you spend time with her? Okay. I mean. For okay, she is. I don't know. That's the thing. Right? <laughs> I, 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 honestly, it's because I saw her on the show. She's kind of funny. She's kind of cute. I saw her put in a lot of her effort into achieving her dream, and I kind of saw myself in that because mm-hmm. I'm at a time where I'm trying to graduate college, get a job, you know, yeah. and I'm trying to like push myself forward with like achieving my dream and all that. So I, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of, you know, relate to her that way. The thing is, the thing is, I wouldn't really want to hang out with her. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be too embarrassed I couldn't say. Oh, man. Really? I, yeah. I, the, the thing is, though, I, I would like to hang out with, like, a rapper, you know? Like, okay. Because a, a lot of my favorite rappers are producers, right? Mm-hmm. And I like to, as a hobby, I produce music on the side. And I'd like to hang out with them, you know, be like, yo... What, you know, cool virtual instruments are you using? What plugins, you know? How did you make the auto-tune on this song? And they would probably be annoyed, but I'd have fun doing it. So that, you know, I might be interested in that. 
didn't you say that you you make um, beats every year for your birthday and then you put it on SoundCloud? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I just remembered that. Um, uh, who is who? Which rapper would you love to hang out with? Um, do you know Geary Boy? Yeah, he was the producer on. And show me the money. And yeah, and then uh, what's it called? The uh, the song with Hayes, Sugar. Or no, he wasn't. He was rapping on the song, right? Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new one. I forget the name. But yeah, he was there. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk together. Yep. We don't talk together. Yeah, we, we don't go. talk together. Yeah, yeah. He's close friends with Hayes. Um, and I really respect his wide uh abilities and spectrum in music. And I honestly, if I hung out with him, I'd be able to ask so many questions that I have. And plus, I'm interested in fashion. He's interested in fashion. You know, I could ask him questions about that. I could. Yeah, I could do that all. <laughs> okay, so you'd rather a rapper than uh, I'm literally blanking on her name again. I'm sorry. J U R N Judy Judy uh-huh. Judy. Okay, okay. So you okay? Cool. All right. Moving on, uh, Nita. Who is your ultimate bias, and how would you spend time with them if you could? Uh, okay, so this is a really tough question because I've mentioned before I don't really have like an ultimate bias. Like, not really into that but i would say a person that i stand consistently and that i've kept up for a while mm-hmm. is um a member of a really older group called techies his name is unji one and oh uh so it's just background information on where he's like where uh, the group and who he is uh techies was like the first idol group in korea like that era back in the oh, 90s wow. Oh my gosh! Um, and they 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 disbanded very soon after the debut. It was very short lived. But then they reunited later in 2016, which is around the time that I found out about them. But long story short, I feel like he's really funny. Um, and I, one of the main reasons why I would want to spend time with him was just to figure out like how it was back then when K-pop was not like. Super, like it was just starting off in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first generation idols, like what was that like? Um, like the struggles and maybe like comparing what it's like now since yeah. he is still active. Um, so yeah, we'll see that. I mean, you even saying that, like a group that was back in the 90s that you still kind of follow, like that means you're definitely the encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> really, though. Um, okay, so you would spend time asking him, you know, his opinions on, you know, K pop nowadays and compared to what it was like when he was starting out. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of like insider knowledge as to how things have changed and I don't know, maybe figuring out like what it was like back then and if things have become better for artists it'd be interesting okay okay that's nice all right now doug you're the last one all right i know eyes one's my favorite group but (laughs) i would rather meet the singer songwriter known as ayu okay because for me she i okay i have never listened to an ayu song that i didn't like number one she's Mm -hmm. she's a solo singing artist um I would call her a chameleon in the industry where she could pretty much do anything. She's funny on variety shows. She's a great actress. She's a fantastic singer songwriter. She's currently in a drama called Hotel de Luna, which is the number one drama in Korea right now. I'm down for it. You guys explained it. Never mind. I'm never going to ask you guys explained on your podcast. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, a, I can explain it real quick. It's like a drama that deals a lot with like um, Buddhism motifs about death in Korea. So that's all you really got to know. So got it. 
I'm down for unique experience instead of just like hanging out with her. I think it would be most fun if I could spend the day as an extra with her on Hotel Galuda. <laughs> ah, so you wouldn't even be like really interacting with her, just kind of observing? Yeah, because I feel like if I was in front of her, I would just like clam up because I don't know what I would say. Like, it, probably be some language barrier. Your boy dog wouldn't be able to like say one word, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so flabbergasted. But I, I think being, I think they could write in a role for a Korean American guy in that drama, maybe. I don't know. We'll do some Can comedy you? on there. It's quite funny. But that's, I think that'd be the most, and also that would last forever because it would always be online. So I think that'd be <laughs> so like, I'd be like, look, look, grandkids, your boy was on a drama back like 40 years ago. Exactly. Maybe you're an extra that bumps into her and there's like actual contact oh, happening. Yes. You know, you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Dang. I thought you guys were going to say like, you know, I would go to the movies and then we go. <laughs> oh, that's too scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's too scary. Oh, I could never. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Okay. Well, maybe one day. What if like, if if Rocket Punch has a fan sign in Michigan, you have okay. to so, okay. I'm then I'm going. So, <laughs> so there, there's a chance they might come to KCON in New York next year. Warren said he's gonna spend all the money to go to their high touch <laughs> event. <laughs> he's gonna empty the bank account for okay, that. Okay, I'll be I'll be honest on something here. I'm kinda happy I live in America because I know that if I was in Korea, like I'd be emptying my bank right now. <laughs> <laughs> like Do they have like sites yet? Rocket Punch, do they have like fan sites yet? Yeah, um, sorry, wait, sorry, fan what? Fan sites, like the photographers that take the high-def photos? Oh, of course. They do, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you'd maybe, like, become a fan site. Who I knows? Would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm buying a DSLR. There you go. Me, I'm, go. I'm coming. Well, thank you guys for coming on today. Um, it was such a pleasure, and uh, I like, I've never had a, a guest with, like, multi- or a, I guess an, a podcast with multiple people on it all at once, um, mm. virtually. So thank you guys for helping me out to cross that off, but also thanks for the great discussion. Um, it felt like I was, like, on a guest of Soju Talk. Um, but oh. if you guys... <laughs> Seriously, though, uh, if you guys want to um, subscribe and follow to Soju Talk, you can just type in Soju Talk on iTunes, YouTube, or, well, they have a YouTube channel as well on Spotify, too. Um, and also, Soju Talk is on Instagram at Soju Talk. Are you guys on Twitter, too? Nope, we don't do Twitter. No. We're just no Twitter. Instagram, YouTube, We're too late. podcast. <laughs> We'd like to thank you for inviting us because this is yes, our first time ever so guesting much. on someone else's show, and it's, it's been a wild experience for us a real learning yay i'm glad to have you on our show sometime and like man it's it's been a whole lot of fun talking to you hey i'm glad i'm glad well thank you i definitely love to do that um i guess you can join their hot or discord chat Mm, yeah through the you guys provide the link sometimes in links on our youtube um and it's also on our instagram page as well Got it. Okay. And you guys update your Instagram pretty well too. Um, so thank you guys again for coming on. Uh, you guys can reach me at E-M-I-H-A-Y-D-E-L. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, shout out to Derek from K Music Every Day for sending me this suggestion. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Nice. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.